0: i'm team killer whale shout out
1: <laughs> i mean i am too however this paper's very team humpback whale <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and humpback whales are not high on my uh list of of whales so take up too
0: much space i'm not down with
1: that <laughs> they're just they're not trying hard enough like you have blue whales who obviously like They've, are,
2: they have decided to in. just become You've got so They're big also like if you're gonna be
1: park. giant be giant don't be like sort of middling big.
2: giant it's just like sort of big not actually big you are listening to Expert Citation episode 4 tables, tedium and team killer Whale. Citation. I'm Joe Cuevas and I am a paleontologist and this is Expert Citation. Expert Citation is a show where me and a couple of other scientists sit down and we have a conversation about a paper we found that usually winds up with us complaining. Uh, So joining me this week as always are Kelsey McCoy.
1: I'm a biophysicist and I do like to complain about papers. It's my favorite part of reading them.
2: And also Tyler Birch.
0: Uh, I'm a particle physicist, and I like complaining about everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, this week, uh, we found a pretty, this one was actually pretty interesting, it's just everyone likes marine biology, so I'm not sure how actually interesting it was. Uh, but we found a cool marine bio paper, which we'll get into a little bit later, but as always, we start the show by talking about how our week in science has gone, just so you get a bigger picture of what it's like for an early career scientist, uh, just trying to make it trying to have it all i think is probably a good way to put that
1: trying not to fail out of graduate school <laughs> yeah
2: yep uh who did i start with last time uh did i start with i think i started with i think tyler.
1: i think yeah i think you started with me last time actually because was the day of my qual
2: right right yeah because i wanted to start with uh, po- yeah, something positive so we'll start with tyler this time yeah
0: um so i took a few days off this last week uh So I don't have a ton of new things since last week, but uh, most of my work has been um, updating packages of code um, and then adapting my old code to work with the new packages um, in an effort to then uh, install mine so other people can use my code, um, which is just tedious at this point, um, but productive and then also like 80% of my time right now is going towards studying so that's fun I spent a lot of today uh, reviewing some of the uh, typical problems in quantum mechanics some of your basic things and that's been a fun time or whatever it's a lot of review
2: right so how ready do you feel for your quals Not
0: incredibly ready, but I've still got two weeks to uh, work on stuff. Um, A lot of what I've done so far is just practice problem after practice problem, and now I'm at that point where I want to start um, collecting all of my thoughts in every subject and starting making like review and equation sheets and useful tools like that. And then, um, yeah.
2: But with the format your qual's take, I think you are doing the correct study tactic
0: yeah i mean the only way you learn to do these problems is by doing similar ones so and you've been forcing yourself the them, to do them so go.
2: yeah cool yeah everything's good how about you kelsey how's your week been going
1: uh it's been kind of a mixed bag i have had instrument time all week so i've been spending most of my time actually not on campus but at the new york structural biology center hmm uh on our instruments uh so it's been good i've been doing a lot of like hands-on training and stuff on our uh the instrument that i sort of i will be using the most often but the actual experiment that uh we've been doing has not been going so great uh we were hoping to get some uh really sort of informative data uh, from it but we just haven't had the signal to noise our protein didn't express the way that we had hoped Mm. And so our signal to noise has been really bad. And then it looks like our ligand isn't binding the way that we wanted. And it's sort of just been a, a lesson in not counting your chickens before they hatched. Uh, so we thought because our initial results looked really good. And then as we got dug deeper into it, it just doesn't look so great. So that's uh, been a little bit discouraging. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. But
2: you've been productive. It's just that weren't getting the results you'd hoped for. Yeah,
1: I mean, and, and what's been frustrating is that it's not even like we're getting negative results. We're getting very confusing results. Right. So, we're not getting what we had hoped to see, but we're also getting, not like, sure little pieces. What you're yeah, so like, little pete some parts of it look like maybe what we had expected or had wanted to see, and then other parts, like, don't look like that at all, and... It's not sort of coalescing into any sort of coherent picture. So, but, you know, it's better to do the experiment than to uh, not do the experiment. So.
2: All right, you got something. And... Yeah,
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got experience on the instrument, if nothing else. Yeah, cool.
2: Uh, I'm still writing, so that's going on. And so, yeah, beyond that, nothing... Much to report. I didn't fail my physics class, so that's a good thing. Yay.
1: <laughs> Not failing physics is always a plus.
2: Yeah. Agreed. So I uh, I passed the physics class I was taking and I'm still writing. So, pretty good week so far. I've been taking it sort of easy, but I took some time today to just sit down and try to write things that I knew 100% for sure should be in the introduction. Uh and I have like most of a page done. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but this is like single-spaced size 12 times New Roman with no citations in it. So,
1: it's something. I mean, and... And it always takes super long to write those things because like every time, at least the way I write stuff like that, every time I like write a sentence, I have to go find all this, you know, get all my citations in order and like make sure that I can say that. Yeah, know. Even no, if like, I'm not adding specific citations yet, like it's, it's like, you know, write a sentence and then go spend an hour in the literature saying, seeing if I can actually say that sentence.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like for me, it was, okay, I know I can say this one thing. Crap. Let me double check that article. Okay, yes, I can say that. Cool. And it's also, uh, we talked about this uh, last week. Yeah, we talked about this last week where an introduction is going to be terribly difficult to write. But a big part of that is because you want to make sure it establishes the appropriate baseline so that you know what, what context the study exists in. And also, it's generally understandable to a broader audience of the field where you, where, yes, it's going to seem like a little bit back to basics for somebody who does work in something closer to what you're doing but for like if if a geologist read this paper it should be generally understandable yeah
1: definitely mm-hmm. you have to like stake your claim and establish not only the broader field but the specific field and, and the why problem this one within in that field yeah. that you're addressing and then also the broader significance of you know what you're doing there's a lot of like very specific things that should be yeah dealt with in an introduction
2: and i think one of the cool things about the way that one would write a scientific paper is there is that pre-existing structure but that also comes with all of these expectations of that structure and it's just it's not enough to box check them all you need to do them well
1: yeah and a lot of writing Mm -hmm. does just box check them and you can tell
2: (laughs) Uh, so let's hope this one doesn't. Uh, this week we're doing a paper published in the journal Marine Mammal Science, which is part of the Wiley Online Library. So this article is actually published in an early online edition, which happens sometimes with journals. Uh, this is actually a decently highly rated zoology and marine and freshwater biology journal, impact factor of 1.665, which may or may not matter, as we briefly discussed uh, in the past. This has a whole litany in the authors list. Um... I should probably actually say the title of the article is Humpback Whales Interfering When Mammal-Eating Killer Whales Attack Other Species.
1: Mobbing Behavior? And Interspecific Altruism? Question <laughs> mark? This is the only time I've ever seen a scientific paper with a question mark in the title, and I love it. <laughs> it's beautiful. It does,
2: it does a great job of doing that whole, uh, that whole question-focused uh, study of science. Just in the title.
1: I mean, it also sort of implies that they don't actually know what the results mean, but like, whatever. <laughs> it it's
2: it's specifically charming for this paper, and
1: yeah, I don't know. It it's it
2: set me up for some good uh, expectations when I sat down to read it. I feel like it's a good tone setter. Absolutely,
1: it does very well describe how I felt while reading this paper. So <laughs> exactly,
2: <laughs> first published July twentieth, two thousand and sixteen. Uh, I don't think the print edition of this article is out yet but it's on the online library and it says open access so we'll take it author list is robert l Pittman, volker b Deek, christine m gabriel Maruluda serin vance i feel i'm sorry sure <laughs> nancy black's judith denkinger john w durbin elizabeth a matthews Dena r matkin janet l nielsen Elisa Shulman Janiger, Uh, Deborah Shearwater, Peggy Stapp, and Richard Ternolo. Uh, A couple of different institutions here, uh, most notable of which is Southwest Fishery Centers that's run by NOAA and the the National Marine Fisheries Service, just actually down the street where I do my research. That's pretty neat. Yeah. No, it, uh, it really is. I've been to the building a couple times. It's a really fun building.
1: Yeah, there's a nice note at the beginning of this article about how it's a U.S. government work. Is in the public domain yeah.
2: so then so. like you get all these uh, marine Fisheries service and NOAA institutional affiliations but they're all slightly different because they're working for slightly different parts of NOAA and the fishery service
1: some uh, humpback whale monitoring stations yeah <laughs> various national parks yeah. like lots of uh... so they're all NOAA
2: scientists they're all just oddly specific NOAA scientists which happens oh I wait guess. no
1: Here's well, no, one. no, not
2: not like all of Who's them, but like from... generally.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, because I just found an attribution from a, a, a university in Ecuador. Yeah. So, but yeah, lots of lots of governmental affiliations. And uh, Cumbria, wherever that is? Um, I have no idea. Sounds like a place in Italy, but I'm sure there's other places called... That might be Cambridge. I don't... I, I don't know. Uh, it says United Kingdom. I never it says you know okay it's like i never claimed to be a geographer i almost said geologist (laughs) i mean you didn't claim that either no no uh
2: and also hollister california which is a real place
1: i just assume that it's uh populated only by like you know 20 something models not wearing shirts but you know
0: i should move there it right <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah lots of uh lots of coastal institutions mostly NOAA. uh there is that disclaimer at the beginning saying this is a government work and therefore public domain which is probably the reason this is open access primarily and yeah so killer whales and humpback whales uh the abstract starts off by uh basically laying out that you've got humpback whales interfering with killer whales attacking uh, along with scientific names, which are generally useful in biology papers.
1: The genus of the humpback whale is the Megaterra, which I found amusing.
2: Yeah, giant wing. Yeah,
1: very literal, but uh, useful. Yeah. Okay, we can continue.
2: <laughs> I feel like we would be amiss if we didn't briefly talk about like taxonomy in a broader sense here. Basically, the big takeaway there is taxonomists love pun names. And, uh, taxonomists. I or, think
1: all scientists love puns. Well, I think yes, it's like all a scientists. Thing.
2: But <laughs> uh, taxonomists will make these puns in other languages that are dead.
1: <laughs> That's true. Still not over Sudorca. Yeah. So uh,
2: later on in this article, they briefly bring up the false killer whale, which is uh, not that closely related to the actual killer whale, but sort of distantly. Uh, and that genus is Pseudorka, uh because. Puns in dead languages.
1: I mean I was about to say that Latin is not a dead language, but it totally is. <laughs> Alright, Church Latin does not count. Church Latin
2: <laughs> doesn't count, and neither does scientific Latin.
1: <laughs> Alright. <laughs> it's not that late over there. It's only 7:30. <laughs> it's been a really long week. Also, I'm going to argue my Catholic school defense, wherein <laughs> they like to pretend that it's not dead.
2: <laughs> Basically, this paper starts off by establishing that broad anecdotal base where you've got all of these different whales and dolphins interacting throughout history, not only with uh, their own species, but with other species and with humans as well, uh, because that's something that's been recorded as far as as long as humans have been sailing and stuff. And then uh, it also establishes that Whales generally don't have a lot of predators except mammal eating killer whales in a lot of instances. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which I had an inquiry about this, uh yes. which maybe one oh. of you can enlighten me on. How do you distinguish a mammal eating killer whale from, say, a fish eating killer whale? Which they distinguish later in the paper, but don't really explain how they, you know, differentiated yeah. those other than, you know, I guess if you observe what they're eating.
1: I mean, I didn't know that there were two different, they call them what, eco forms of killer whales. I don't remember what's in the paper. Eco types,
2: I think. Um,
1: I I didn't know there was a difference between mammal eating killer whales and fish eating killer whales until about two hours ago, so. Oh, cool. um. Because I
2: definitely have, uh, like, I definitely got a poster from Noah about that when I visited. Huh. (laughs) Uh, It's also something I've known since I was 11. Marine biology major.
0: (laughs) There you go. Uh,
2: So yeah, uh, observational data is used to establish that basis because you can't assert this thing is eating this thing unless you have that solid observational basis. It's generally uh, established based on the populations and where they live.
1: So it is like a population difference. So is it like, my question was, Is this like a, almost like a subspecies, like subspecies, like subtype, like certain populations of killer whales are, you know, obligate mammal eaters and certain ones only eat fish. And there's no, like, it's not just like a, uh, this is a bad comparison, but like, you know, a killer whale just decided to be a pescatarian one day. Like I, (laughs) (laughs) I just, pescatarian whales. This was very unclear to me. <laughs>
2: no, it's, uh, it's such a fascinating question, and I think uh, a, as someone who isn't a marine mammalogist, I can't answer it with absolute authority, but uh, I think it is something that is still raging in the literature. Uh, there is definitely a geographic barrier. Genetically, they are still some... Killer whales are interesting in that they are almost as widespread as humans are, arguably just as widespread as humans are, Cause they occur naturally in every ocean just like humans occur
1: naturally in every landmass. i mean so- we don't occur naturally in antarctica but like people like to forget that that's a continent
2: yeah and uh but we're also invasives in
1: antarctica arguably we're invasives everywhere but africa yeah depending uh, on your preferred uh your preferred model of human evolution but yeah
2: no it's definitely an interesting question i uh, as i understand it There is one species of killer whale, and uh, there are some scientists who would contend to divide it further, but I don't know if there is sufficient evidence to move it past subspecies, and I think even the subspecies is tenuous at best. I think uh, a lot of it is feeding
1: based on what is available there.
2: But yeah, generally it's population-based and what food is available to those specific populations.
1: It's good to know though i did not know these things about killer whales
2: so yeah yeah a lot no
1: they are so
2: interesting but it's this is totally the stereotype that everyone who wants to go into marine biology wants to go to alaska and work with killer whales but yeah no it's uh, a lot of this is establishing a broad base of this is you, you have this long history of uh cetaceans that is whales and dolphins interacting with other whales and dolphins and humans. And you've also got this distinction between the meat-eating killer whales and the fish-eating killer whales. And so my question to you two, as the person who did have a lot of this background walking into this paper, uh, to the people who didn't have necessarily as much of a background in this, what did you guys think of the introduction as far as establishing, uh, well, basically exactly what Kelsey said earlier in the episode, establishing everything that you need to with an introduction and how well did they accomplish those tasks?
1: I mean, I thought that, you know, it it did a good job of introducing the various elements um, of the, of what sort of they're looking at. And I like like you said, I didn't really know very much about it, but it was relatively accessible. I you know, it wasn't great writing, I thought. But I, but um, part of that may have just been that and it could just be this specific journal. But the way that they put in citations, because they, they don't use um uh, just like a number for the citation. Yeah. Like a superscript. They, they, used just, the they full, just put the like,
2: full citation in there.
1: Yeah. Um, which because of the number, the sheer number of citations in this paper was very, um, distracting. Right. Because like, you can't, because I mean, it's well it's very well cited. So it just was a little bit like hard to, to read sometimes because you'd get halfway through a sentence and then there's like two lines of citations. Um, which is a little bit hard for me to parse, like visually. Yeah. But other than that, I did think it was a uh, a decent introduction. I got through everything, you know, I, I understood what was happening. Yeah. It seemed relevant.
2: I think the number citations are exactly why uh, several other journals will do the number citations because it is distracting when you're reading this. And then it's like, oh, and then here's a the last name in a year. That just completely ends, that just completely cuts off that thought. and. A lot of the times, the thought will continue to some extent into the next one, so you have to just reread or reread, and it's not the best. Yeah.
1: No.
0: Yeah. They were not expert citationers. And there's my terrible <laughs> joke for the week. Uh, all right, so. At least he knows my... he only gets one. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll work our way up to some more. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I felt like I had a pretty good background uh, after having read it. I don't have a lot to compare it to because I've not read a lot of, you know, bio papers and... Yeah. But the one thing I, I wrote is kind of a, a laughable joke here is that they really frame killer whales as absolute jerks in this, which is pretty funny to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they they definitely poise them as, like, the enemies of the paper, which is kind of... I don't know, it's funny writing for a science paper.
2: Sure. I think that... As they are apex predators, and like they said, they are the only predators for uh, several larger marine mammals. I think it's important to frame that predator-prey relationship, and if you want to frame them as total assholes, I think it's valid. Uh,
1: There's an emotional appeal that you can make, right? Because you're talking about things that sort of are easily easy to identify with, you know, and easily identifiable. You know, like, because we all understand, like, predator prey on yeah. some basic level. Um, sure, but
0: you could reframe it as, like, they're controlling the population, and then the killer whales are the hero.
1: Okay, so uh, I
2: think that is about as expected for the introduction. It did its job. Uh, we'll go back on how well it did that later in the show. But yeah, good context to move on to the methods. Mostly observational methods drawn uh, over a sixty-two year period from nineteen fifty-one to twenty twelve. Fifty-four observers around the world uh, made opportunistically or by researchers. So it's so uh, it's
1: probably worth mentioning here that this paper is a, a meta-analysis. So they've collected a bunch of uh, reports of you know whale sightings and descriptions from scientific papers, and in this case also, like, I guess, random journals. And then done an analysis of that, use that as their data set, rather than, like, going out and collecting primary data themselves, which is a valid method of doing uh, scientific research.
0: But then you end up with things, yeah, then you end up with things like Table 1, which is a 20-page set of, basically, it's data aggregation and that's it. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, it's thorough. But, yeah, it also yeah. does
1: the typesetting thing that I hate in the PDF where it's sideways relative to the plane of the page.
0: Yeah. Uh, I flipped it on the MacBook. Shout out, Apple.
2: <laughs> Keep uh. it 100. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys think of that sort of pool? Uh, personally, I feel like it didn't need to be here and was mostly here so they would have a table or figure.
1: Yeah, because yeah. they also mentioned that uh, the exact same data can be found in Appendix 1. So why did it also need to be quote-unquote summarized in uh, Table 1? It yeah. doesn't need to be there. Keep it in the Appendix.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'd be much better suited as an Appendix because the way it's set up right now, I mean, there's no way to make this paper adaptable for like a, a short like magazine or something like that at this point because you have a 20 page table you know yeah. if you wanted to condense it that would be extremely hard
1: um, and i get like why they feel they need to include it because it is like their data you know so if you don't include something then you know you're basically putting out a paper that doesn't have any primary, that doesn't actually have any data in the, like, text, text of the paper, right. but, but maybe, maybe there, there are one, two, you two no, no. Observations, observations and, summarizing. and summarizing. You don't need, you need to summarize all of them just to show, them. like, to show what, what you're working with, and, and then put everything in the appendix, rather right. than putting everything also in the paper.
2: Like, I definitely think that it should be there in some way, it's just the fact that they presented it in this info-dumb, uh, which was in essence already exiled to the appendix, rubbed me the wrong way, especially mm-hmm. because at this point it's literally half of the pages that you're going to be printing out. Yeah. Yeah. What what they did is
0: they they reported each instance of an observation, right? Yes. So I think what they could have done to reorient this table a lot better, because things like comments the comments on the right side of the table are kind of pedantic and you could definitely put those in an appendix but you could number how many of them you know pursued killer whales you could number how many of them bellowed you can number all of these things and instead present a small one page or half a page table of just the number of times these occurred within the population
2: right and sure it's not necessarily going to be presenting as complete a picture but you're already reporting this data in your appendix so if somebody is truly interested they can dig into there and you're still presenting enough information in that manner so that the um so that your readers are going to be are going to be getting sufficient information to grok the rest of the paper yeah right.
1: and i really do think this paper could have benefited from you know like tyler was saying some sort of smaller summary table because then you know you skim like i'm reading this paper i'd I skim over table one because it's giant. Um, And by the time I get to, like, the actual results text, it's, like, lots of nitty-gritty percentages of, like, this percentage of the population did this, and this percentage of the population that we looked at did this. And that's also just a little bit hard to read um, or to follow, for me to follow as I'm reading it versus having something that is, uh, like, just a nice tabular format of those percentages.
0: You're not going to go through this 106-line table and add up how many of these to find that percentage and check that number, but you could very easily, if they gave you the number of X versus the number of Y, you know, find that percentage.
2: Yeah, and clearly they did, and you can easily just say, "This is what ecotype of killer whale we're working with," and "This is what proportion of the observations uh, indicated this behavior and this behavior," and it's very easy to represent that visually. This is just an info dump that doesn't need to be here taking up 20 pages when it could be a page or half a page that just says look this is a broader idea of what the data are and if you want more go to the appendix
1: yeah i mean i I really think that the majority of your figures in a paper uh should be results they shouldn't necessarily be data um in that like you know the actual data that we collect versus how we analyze it um and like what results that we get. And um, this paper opts to give you all of the data and none of the results in the form of a table um, or figure, Uh, which is just like we've said, not helpful. Yeah.
2: So that just sort of covers the methods as a whole, really because uh, the info dump went into, the info dump was basically, this is every observation that we did uh, let's move on to the results, uh, where they briefly talk about the uh, summary table again, because it really needed to be brought up again. <laughs> uh, and then they also uh, discuss the interactions uh, between humpback whales and and killer whales. Uh, and give us this really cool map. What do you guys think of the figure, uh, figure one, the map?
1: I like the map a lot. I thought it was uh, very clear. Uh, very much helped sort of visualize where you know these events are taking place you know you can see how most of them most of the observations are uh clustered around the sort of pacific coast of north america but you can sort of see that they also happen all, all around the world which i thought was very useful in uh helping conceptualize what they're talking about
2: yeah so figure one reports uh, figure one is sort of this map of this wor- of the world and it's got little numbers everywhere saying that this is a recorded interaction between a humpback whale and a killer whale.
0: Yeah, so my thoughts on it were very positive. Um, I was very concerned reading up so there that they were speaking of all of these as a whole, and I wasn't sure, or all these species as a whole, and I wasn't sure if they were localized to one region or another, and this definitely, like, cleared that up for me that, hey, they are all over you know although they are localized to one area primarily there is instances of it in pretty much every ocean um,
1: and you can argue yeah. that like so the vast majority of the observations are sort of in this one area but that's probably also just where the vast majority of you know observers for these types of things are
2: absolutely <laughs> you know? no i have uh, i know individuals who book trips to washington specifically so they can see killer whales and then they don't see killer whales and they come home sad. so Uh,
1: yeah figure one is a good figure
2: (laughs) i yeah i agree i do appreciate that it shows that they do have data for basically every ocean out there uh i it does call into question for me the bias of sampling um opportunistically where you're going to get more reports from washington because that's where people go to see killer whales you're going to get some more reports off of antarctica because that's where some researchers go to see killer whales you're going to see some more reports off of alaska because that's where some researchers go to see killer whales but i mean they have data basically everywhere so it's
1: and they do sort of address that i mean not necessarily that super specifically but i think in the introduction they do talk about how most of these species are still recovering from being driven nearly to extinction by industrial whaling. So, you know, a lot of what we see, you know, maybe we only see it in one area, but that's just because the populations are so depressed relative to what they would be sort of without human interference in this case.
2: Yeah. So uh, the way the results, the results section is broken down is the researchers um, look at the different sorts of interactions that are occurring between humpbacks and killer whales, uh, again referencing appendix S2 uh, and the individuals who record their response. And so some examples of that are killer whales approaching humpbacks, humpbacks approaching killer whales, additional biological observations, uh, as well as some observer comments. They sort of talk about what happens in either instance of one of these species approaching the other species. And then they also talk about what else is going on contextually, biological interactions, as well as the uh, what the observers sort of noted narratively, because these are again opportunistically observed, and then they just sort of pooled all of those for the study.
1: Yeah, and you can tell that like what they're really interested in here are the instances where the humpbacks approach the killer whales, you yeah. know, because you can. Basically, they argue that, yeah, killer whales approach humpbacks, but that's usually in the case of, like, they're looking for calves to attack Um, because that's what they do. Uh, But it's sort of counterintuitive for the humpbacks to be approaching the killer whales. So that's sort of the section that they really kind of dig into
2: you think they did a good job of framing that as of particular interest?
1: I mean, I guess mostly because of the title is why I sort of when I was reading this paper, I was kind of waiting to get to that section. Sure. Um, because that's I knew, you know, that's kind of what they were framing the paper as being about. I don't think that comes across at all in the introduction um, or very little in the introduction. So I kind of was primed when I got to this section to be paying attention to it.
2: Right, the as... light finally went off.
1: Yeah. I
0: thought they did a fair job of keeping those pretty balanced the varied interactions. But uh whenever you get to the discussion which is next, um yeah, you see it's framed a lot more towards um the humpbacks approaching the killer whales and, and that's where I found it interesting. The, the additional biological observations was like my favorite section um, <laughs> I don't know just those like random tidbits here and there were kind of interesting like yeah. my favorite one that I highlighted was uh, that the interactions ranged from 15 to 137 plus minutes which is 7 hours and 17 plus minutes
1: <laughs> yeah I enjoyed is, that line
0: <laughs> yeah quite an interaction yeah, I
1: know so. I really enjoyed the observer comments, just because there were some like random, weird little comments in there. <laughs> Perhaps the animal wasn't late with his slashes; it might have been right on time! Exclamation point.
2: Yeah. So just critiquing the killer whale's fighting ability.
1: <laughs> oh, there's a there's a great section in the uh, discussion for the killer whale's fighting ability. We'll get to that.
2: <laughs> Team killer whale the results laid out the results and i think uh we're agreeing that did a good job of laying them out in a way that made sense at least so far and so we move on to discussion uh where they talk about yes they do both species do approach each other but for different reasons because that's how interactions work
1: (laughs) turns out well yeah i mean yeah, I Sorry, I,
2: go ahead.
1: My my main criticism of the discussion was that I felt like there were extraneous sections, yeah. like some of the sections, like felt like they were just doing literature reviews, that weren't fully relevant to what they were talking about, and I'd never quite tied back into some of what they were talking about for me. You know, like like they have this whole where do attacks occur section. Which I can see how it, like, relates, because they're talking about, like, attacking behavior. But there's this, you know, a page on this. The other
2: killer whales.
1: Yeah, and I just... Or, and do humpbacks respond to killer whale vocalization Attack vocalizations. I'm like, again, I see where it relates, but I don't need a full literature review Like, it seems that. like
2: they're just going off tangents because there is some relevant literature here, so why don't we cite it?
1: Yeah, and so that kind of lost me when there's, like, three pages on that, and I'm just like, okay.
0: I thought all those sections could be, like, their own, like, study, but they couldn't be their own study if you only do, uh, like, observational data from other people's observations, you know? You'd have to go out and do your own study on that to do it Mm -hmm. properly.
1: Like, some of this, like, felt like They did this very extensive literature review, which just, you know, maybe feels like something you'd do if you're writing a dissertation, because you need to, like, review, you know, show that you've read all of the relevant literature, but maybe doesn't need to be in a paper.
0: Yeah. My major complaint with this whole section was they made a lot of assertions here that they, I don't feel like they entirely justified. Like, they said this could very well be this and didn't really give a whole lot of explanation of why they think that. Um, some of them were common sense. I think one of them... Um, let's see. We suggest that the evolution of the humpback's massive pectoral flippers may have given it an advantage over killer whales and perhaps perhaps altered the balance of power and in their interactions, but they don't really sort, cite much like, literature on there, or they don't really like give reasons why and there's just like statements like that littered through where it's like ah this is what we suggested this is what we think but not really a good validation on why
1: yeah and some of those like they're interesting questions and you can see why you know how they got there but they're really not addressed by the way the setup of the study and you can't really address them with the way that the study is set up so why even really bring it up
0: the other issue i had um was I think they were very much pushing for this idea of um, altruism, which I guess we should at some point open the discussion on that. But it felt like they were pushing for that idea. And I don't know if there's a whole lot of evidence for it or not. It seemed like they wanted to go. They went where they wanted to go without full evidence for it.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, well, should we just start talking? Talk yeah, about yeah. No, that? I
2: think this talk is as a good Altruism. time as any other time in the discussion to discuss it because it's in the title, and I agree that it's not necessarily explored in a great deal of detail. Uh, although it is addressed, it's not necessarily to the level I would like if it's part of the title and it's yeah part of the mm-hmm. and it was addressed in the uh, the way they framed their discussion, but it wasn't to the level I would have liked.
1: So basically, uh, they discuss altruism in the sense that so what they observe uh, or I guess infer actually from sort of their analysis is that humpback whales will mob uh, killer whales that are uh, sort of attacking other humpback whales, but also um, uh, various other... Uh, mammals so uh, seals and sea lions other types of whales um, and kind of run off the killer whales and they argue that this is because of sort of interspecies altruism so there's some sort of long-term benefit uh, to humpback whales survival uh, to uh, help out other mammals when they're being attacked by killer whales and altruism is sort of a biological phenomenon mostly we mostly it's talked about to my knowledge with like social behavior in animals so like
2: right like meerkats are one of the big examples
1: yeah so you know if i die saving my sister there's a benefit like i'm not ending my genetic line you know quote unquote because my sister is a close relative so she has a lot of the same you know dna uh so there's like a evolutionary benefit to that behavior is how i understand it at least
2: yeah uh i'm not sure how well they justify it here yeah
1: yeah i like my question while reading it was like so they, they've seen this sort of, they claim to have seen this mopping behavior with when they were, the killer whales were attacking both other humpback whales and, you know, other mammals. So my question was, well, it could just be that they, you know, the humpback whales just assume anytime you see this sort of attack, uh, attack behavior from the, the killer whales that they assume that it's attacking another humpback whale yeah. like how do they know it's a seal yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. like it's far more reasonable to assume I mean, that if you that if you see your predator attacking that it is attacking conspecific
1: yeah and so that's where i was like they didn't for me provide it you know they didn't really discuss that <laughs> i was like okay this is the obvious explanation this is the first thing that i would cool. ask um
2: and if they, if they did ask it while they were doing their analyses, it wasn't addressed in their writing. So, Yeah,
0: my issue um, was that he went into this whole uh, section about um, how the humpback whales are approaching the killer whales based on sound, right? So they, they hear an attack from what I presume, and then that's when they decide to engage, and it seems like they don't necessarily know what the killer whale is engaging with. Yeah. Um, And so the analogy I thought of here was like, okay, if I'm sitting in a room and I hear next door over what sounds like a teenager yelling at a kid, you know, I'm gonna go in there and intervene um, based on what I hear, you know? And if it's like a teenager beating up a cat, like I'm still going inter- to intervene here, you know? And that's like inner species. And that's kind of the big analogy I drew. And I don't, obviously, whales don't have the same sense of morality that humans do. So there's not a perfect analogy there. But then they also did this whole aside where the whales seem to be like selectively altruistic. So if I were to go in that room and they were it was a teenager beating up like a bear. I'd just walk away, you know? (laughs) And so I don't know. I don't think it's a great analogy or assertion there because they're there, you know, they're there and they're already engaging regardless of what the killer whale is engaging with.
2: Right. But your analogy also hinges on the, uh, your, your analogy also hinges on, okay, it is this hostile, Engaging with something that you assume to be a con specific, okay? Because it's like yeah, the way you, I'm not trying to deconstruct your analogy. I'm just saying, even the way you constructed it, it's just sort of framed to, okay, something is wrong here, and I'm going to assume it's something that's an issue uh, with a con specific of mine. Either way, I'm going to intervene.
0: Yeah, I just wonder, like with how whales operate i would assume by the time they're close enough to a killer whale to engage that there's no real turning back there i could be wrong
2: it's fair i don't know how 3d space works so
1: yeah i mean that was my main concern is that it just you know that's what occurred to me while reading it is that you know there is some you know benefit to you know the group, and whales are social, you know, so there's some benefit to the group and to the species as a whole to, you know, try to save another humpback whale from the killer whales. So it's, you know, probably beneficial to them to just assume that any attack, you know, is going to be towards a member of their group. And then, you know, if it isn't, that's just incidental.
0: Although, like, all of that aside, I do think all in all the discussion they had was very, it was thorough, and I think that they did.
1: That it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was they thorough.
0: They talked about a lot of the questions that I had going through the data, so. Yeah.
1: Cool.
2: Any other major concerns for the body of the paper itself?
1: Uh, nothing specific. I, I mean, I just thought at times it was too thorough. For- Um, like I've talked about, but for the most part, I mean, it was, it was decent.
2: All right. Should we go ahead and grade this paper then?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, once again, this was a paper on humpback whales and killer whales interspecific interactions, uh, published in Marine Mammal Science. Uh, A lot of the scientists were, uh, had some governmental affiliation. And I think it's important to keep all of these in mind when uh when you're grading something like this so abstract did its job we usually grade this on a pass fail scale so i think it did its job yeah
1: yeah i'd I pass it with think flying the abstract colors. yeah i would give the abstract an s
2: it did a wonderful <laughs> job of doing whatever it is an abstract is supposed to do okay let's go with the introduction then the introduction should generally do uh do a job of outlining um the broader field that the work exists in the specific field that the work exists in and the uh, the problem that your study intends to address
1: i would probably give the abstract i'd give it a b because you know it does a good job of of addressing sort of the broader field um but i felt like there's a lot of things that they sort of discuss later Uh, that they kind of don't really address at all in the introduction. Like, there's a lot of sort of the sections in the discussion that honestly felt almost more like introductory material. Um, And so I don't necessarily think that the introduction sort of cross-talked with the discussion very well, which is something I think it should do on some level.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. I don't, yeah... It almost could have been written by a different person, and we also
2: it almost definitely was written by a different person.
0: Yeah, we we flushed out the the issue with the citations, which I don't think we should penalize the paper on because that's more of a formatting of the journal, probably more than anything, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm gonna give it like a B plus for the same reasons. It's it self contained. Seemed good, but it didn't seem uh, coherent with the rest of the paper.
2: Yeah, I would I, I would give it a B-plus for the same reasons. Uh, it did a wonderful job of outlining what needed to be addressed, but uh, we already raised the concerns as to why it wouldn't do that to the absolute best of a perfect theoretical paper addressing this would. Uh, so the methods then?
1: Um, honestly... The methods for me lose an entire letter grade because of Table One.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's fair because uh, this is basically what did we, what did the, uh, what did the study do? How we did the study, and then Table One is inherently tied to that because it's displaying what they did, and it's not doing it in a way that works.
1: Yeah, so I mean, like, I thought the actual text of the method section was fine. I had no issues with it. It did its job. Um, I'd probably give it, like, a B+, plus, but then table one is smack dab in the middle of it. And so I have to go with, like, a C+, plus, B-, because it is just impenetrable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I would... I don't have any qualms with the methods themselves. I mean... I don't do this type of science, so I don't relate to these methods, but I don't have any problems with them, um, inherently.
2: And they seem to work for the study that they did.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but as far as from a writing approach and a paper approach, it's very subpar. Um, so I was just going to give it like a D, um, cause it's, it's, presented as more data aggregation than it is actually any sort of like real result it's it's just aggregation
1: also it's a fairly thin analysis that they do we didn't really touch on this before but they basically just count things and come up with percentages yeah there's they don't really do any statistics
0: that's true but i don't really know i mean nothing comes to mind as far as advanced statistics what they could do here
2: with a set of
1: 106 i mean that's that's true I mean, it's not, like, necessarily they need to, but it is something that sort of struck me. Sure.
2: Yeah. Like, uh, the, sa- the, the sample size is basically 106, and it gets even smaller if you want to do more specific analyses on specific locations. So that's something to yeah. consider. Uh, yeah, I don't like the table, uh, especially because, honestly, the table is probably going to ding the results score for me, too, because uh, they reference it again. And they didn't... uh, I'm giving it a solid C. Uh, It's written okay. The way that they did the study, it's fine for exactly what they did. It's just, you can present this way better, and it's not. Yeah. Yep. All right, results. So basically, this is the... This is what we got, guys.
1: Um, I like the results section. I thought it was split up well. You know, it was written fairly clearly. Um... I don't know, it, it did sort of reference back to the specific instances in the table in a way that was almost useful. Um, and I'd probably give it a B plus.
0: Yeah, I was going to give it like an A-, because I thought, yeah, aside from referencing a, a terrible table, it didn't do anything wrong. The figures were good. Um, specifically, figure one, that latitude, longitude of uh, where these uh, sightings happened was very informative. I thought they did a really good job with that and they added a lot of very interesting and very relevant information without um, making too many big jumps there. So, yeah, I liked it.
2: Yeah. Uh, Being bitter, I want to give this a B-, minus, but it has a really solid figure one, uh, which does a great job of showing where the data are coming from, and I think that did a great job of clearing up a lot of concerns I had up to this point. Uh, So I should probably, if I'm fairly grading this, I would give it a B-, plus somewhere on that border but yeah it did its job uh it did it to uh, it did it fairly well could have done it better Re- still don't like that reference to the other table but i really like um the map figure so that's say save- yeah. that's basically the saving grace of this for me from a visual standpoint and from a writing standpoint it works so yeah,
1: it does its job
2: okay so the discussion uh and this is also sort of the i think This is also supposed to sort of be conclusions in future directions uh like discussions vary from paper to paper and this does this section is essentially uh looking at the data that they've presented and making claims about that data and what that data could um could mean in uh in the future
1: i'd probably give the discussion I mean, we we talked about it being, you know, sort of bloated and making these sort of spurious claims. So I, I really would have to give it like a low C, you know, C minus, just because it is making these claims that it can't support. It's not addressing sort of the thing that occurred to all of us, you know, not even being or in the case of Tyler and I, marine biologists reading this paper. Um, and it just reading the discussion i felt like i was reading the chapter of a te- of a textbook
2: oh thank you that's exactly what i, I felt like but
1: <laughs> yeah. i should not feel that way reading your paper unless it is literally the chapter of a textbook <laughs> um so
0: yeah, like, yeah was, now that you say that
2: that makes sense was this intended to be like a uh, like a future anyway my issue with this is some of these subsections are significantly better than other subsections but like the ones that aren't just aren't good.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the things it did well is 98% of the questions I had while looking at the data or uh, reading through the paper, it did address Um, the way it addressed it. Not always the best, but some of it it was kind of like, well, what can you do? This data isn't really data that will address that. Without an independent study, so um, that was somewhat positive. Um, but then, yeah, like we discussed, it made so many jumps that I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with. So um, I'm gonna give it a C C+.
2: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go along with everyone else. I'd probably give it a C minus uh, because it was bloated. It these sections that weren't good were almost awful. Uh, it read like a upper division textbook in a class that I wouldn't enjoy.
1: (laughs) The textbook that was written by the professor teaching your class who has signed their own textbook. That's what it reads like. (laughs) And like
2: it addressed what it had, but then it made claims about things it didn't have. And I think that's really the thing that was sort of bothersome.
1: I just felt like they dedicated entire sections, which were often at least a page long to, to things that it could have been addressed in a paragraph, yeah. you know, sentence. like in a, in a <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, so the whole section on do humpback whales, like respond to killer whale vocalization, attack vocalizations. You could just say, you know, it's possible that this mobbing behavior is initiated by response to, you know, attack vocalizations. And here's a line about the relevant literature. Yeah,
2: absolutely. No, it's definitely a question that I can understand coming up when you're doing this study, but I don't necessarily think it's one that needs to be addressed in this paper.
1: Yeah, you, you or or address in two sentences. Yeah, if at all, not in a page. It, yeah,
2: it's the sort of thing where it's like if you want to address it, and I'm sure they wanted to, you can easily do that in the two sentence throwaway and be like, "Hey, here's a future thing you can do if you want to do a more focused version of this study." Yeah. So overall, looks like this paper did not score particularly high uh i think mine averages out to like a c plus
0: yeah i think mine's right around a c as well Average. Yeah, i think
1: mine is mine probably averages to like a b minus c plus you know somewhere yeah. in that range i will say i learned a lot reading this paper yeah no yeah, definitely. definitely you know i learned all about killer whales and humpback whales uh and their you know the weapons that are their flippers you know didn't know anything about that so
2: lots of uh lots of splashy fun here yeah. okay so uh high note high note high note let's do something about whales and dolphins guys
1: uh, top three whales top three whales that's exactly <laughs> what we want go <laughs> uh probably okay so my definitive listing of whales uh from a, from an actual biologist. Like yeah, uh, probably a probably a killer whale, and then a, uh, a narwhal, because who doesn't love the unicorns of the sea, and then a sperm whale, because they get real deep and fight with those, uh, those, uh... Squids. Giant squid. So, I think those are my top three whales. Honorable mention to the blue whale for being so dramatically big.
2: You <laughs> There, there, just wasn't enough that was interesting about you.
1: <laughs> so extra.
0: All right. Killer whale, killer whale, killer <laughs> whale. Team killer whale, fight me, bro. Let's Tyler's go, the
2: fucking monster of the sea. <laughs> he will fight you, much as much as a killer whale fights humpback whales. Uh, I'm going with beluga whale. Narwhal, Denebola brachycephala. That's right. Fossil whale, fight me.
1: I'm
0: so proud of you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should not be surprised in the slightest. <laughs> I also do like a whale shark. And, uh... Let's see if it, oh, uh shout out to the false killer whales just because of Sudorca.
2: Posers. <laughs> And on that note, I think it's time to end. Uh, so, hey, uh, follow the show on various forms of social media. Uh, Kelsey runs our Tumblr at expertcitation.tumblr.com. We've also got a WordPress, expertcitation.wordpress.com. We are on Twitter at expertcitation. Uh, those are really the three that we're using. Should we get
1: an Instagram?
2: We might get an Instagram. We'll talk about it. <laughs>
1: What would we put on the Instagram? I don't know. Photos pictures of lab benches. I could always put more yeah, pictures of cats. Yeah, cats and cat. lab benches. Places. I think that's
2: all. Uh,
0: killer whales. Go yeah. team killer whale! <laughs> Photos
2: of killer whales. Uh, uh, you, you can also follow us individually on social media. Uh, I let's let's go with Tyler first. Why not?
0: Uh, you can find me on pretty much all platforms at Tyler J Birch. And my SoundCloud will be plugged at the end of the show.
2: And that's birch with a U.
0: Yes. Not like the tree.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like there was more than that statement, but then there wasn't. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> I, yeah.
2: <laughs> Words. <laughs>
1: okay. Words are hard. Kelsey, yeah. Yeah, you can find me on Tumblr at Adventures in Chemistry, and then pretty much everywhere else in the abbreviated form of ADVS in Chem, because nowhere else lets you have really long usernames. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, where you can find me talking about random, somewhat science related things, usually.
2: The, uh, the best science shit posts on the internet.
1: You know, I like to think of myself more as a night blogger than a shit poster, but I think that's maybe being semantic. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: I'm, on, I'm on the internet, at JLM Cuevas. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, I guess. There's probably some other platform. Yeah, Twitter's the big one, now for me. Uh, Tumblr archive up on professorwhat.tumblr.com. If you want to see a blog that hasn't been used in half a year, yeah. Uh <laughs> Expert Citation is a science show where we do science stuff and apparently just talk about killer whales the entire time. I think this was productive.
1: One of these days, we will pick a paper that is not so so biology-heavy so that, you know, some of you out there maybe really like other things <laughs> I don't know. Space is uh, that popular? <laughs> an- radii in angstroms?
0: Are you talking about a paper <laughs> of that? Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> a whole a paper on radii? <laughs> it seems like that's random.
0: Thing, but I'm sure it exists. <laughs> I mean, sure,
1: yeah. I think there are papers that reported the radii of things <laughs> in angstrom.
2: Expert citation. (laughs) 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 Bye. Bye. Expert citation is hosted by Joe Quavis, Kelsey McCoy, and Tyler Birch. Expert citation is also produced by Joe Quavis. Our opening and closing music was also provided by Tyler Birch. Find more of his music at SoundCloud.com forward slash Tyler-James. 4693 Expert Citation is a production of the iamkuhan.com network. More great podcasts at iamkuhan.com.